Welcome back to the Open Guard Cast. I'm your host, Cade. This is my co-host, Danny. Today we have a very special guest. We couldn't get Keenan Cornelius on, but instead we got Jake Watson. So, <laughs> welcome, Jake. Episode 69. We're super, super excited to have you. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was better yeah, than I thought. I thought you were going to do the election performance ad. That was even this better. Is, yeah, I was about to say, this is your, this is your host, this, uh, Walmart Keenan Cornelius here. Uh, we, mom said we had Cornel- Keenan Cornelius at home. This is what we got. Uh, so listen, you can go to electronperformance.com if you want to get legs that are about 80 times the size of Cade's legs. Just do two weeks of the election performance squat routine, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll be good. Uh, we open up this episode with some roasts. Welcome to episode 69 of the Open Guard Cast. This is a momentum occasion, a momentous occasion. In the comment section of this video, please put the words "nice." All right, Jake Watson, Danny O'Donnell, Open Guard Cast. We're here. We're 69 episodes in. This is the second episode of 2021, and I'm joined by uh, one, of, pretty much my brother, Cade Roke. And by the way, for everybody who knows Cade, they're like, "Oh wait, this is Jake's brother." Everybody at tournaments comes up to me and says, "Where's your brother? Where's your brother? Where's your brother?" This is him, and he's not my blood relative, but we're pretty, we're we're very very close. So, uh, Kay, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me, bro. I think I, just, uh, I understand I the comparison get... when people say you guys are brothers. Dude, I think it's just because we're both really really ugly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe that's. I mean, I, I'm wearing glasses. I don't even need to wear right now to try to up my <laughs> yeah, attractiveness. Like they see two ugly looking white guys, and they're like, oh. They're brothers. <laughs> I think it's because we're always be like ridiculous. together. You you scream for me at tournaments. Like I remember Nogi Worlds when uh, it was you, Benjamin Silva, uh, I think Kenyella too. At Nogi Worlds, you guys were screaming. Dude, and like that I was the craziest tournament, the craziest tournament. Like oh my god, I was like we were all. I was so sweaty after that match. And I didn't even <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. Definitely, yeah. We all definitely went pretty crazy. That was the finals of uh, Nogi Worlds 2018 with me and Ronaldo. And I remember after that match, I, I had to, like, put my fingers to Ben, specifically Ben Silva, because you were yelling, but, like, you never delved into the realm of, like, uncomfortability yelling at the ref. He did. <laughs> he was, like, yelling obscenities. And I was like, okay, you got to calm down. <laughs> okay, here, here's here's what happened, which is funny. Is he was saying stuff like like real, real crazy stuff to the ref specifically. And uh, everyone's texting me after the match. They're like, yo, was that you saying all that? Like, I remember Ryan was like, hey, well, you know, I think he said something about me saying, you know, crazy stuff to the ref. And then when we got back to the gym, everyone was saying something like, did you tell the ref that you were going to kill him? And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> that wasn't me. That was the guy standing next to me. It was, I, it was I not that. me. I remember I had to vouch for Cade. Well, Cade. Yeah, Andre uh, too. Andre too. Andre yeah, too. Yeah, no. <laughs> True, yeah. Well, Andre can't see, like, what's going on behind the Flow Grappling camera, and you yeah. and Ben that day sounded pretty similar because your voices were both hoarse. So, yeah, Andre just worried about, like, you know, us and the way that yeah. we're... Yeah, we generally carry ourselves very, very well at tournaments. Uh, so I don't think Andre ever has to worry. But uh, we actually have some questions. We want people to understand who is Cade Roke because we got to try to get people to care, too. So uh, <laughs> here... So the first question I'll start out with... Um, how did you get into jujitsu? I actually don't fully know this story. Funny enough, I don't know the full story, 
but I would like to hear it. I'd like you to tell people how exactly oh. did you get started in jiu-jitsu? Okay, so I played hockey all growing up, and then Mike Goldberg, who was the UFC commentator at the time, he his son always like his son was a year older than me, but we always like kind of played together on the same team, or I would play like a level below him just because he was older. And uh, for one season, his dad was my coach. So uh, one time, and then I did karate for a little, for like, I don't know, maybe five times. My dad always wanted me to fight just because it was like, you know, (laughs) he's crazy, whatever. But uh, (laughs) so, uh, so one time me and my cousin got in a fight over my iPad and uh, started, we started like throwing hands in the middle of my living room. (laughs) And I think he busted my nose or something happened. He busted my lips, something. My dad got all mad. This was right after Christmas in 2011. So my dad got all mad. He's like, that's it. You want to fight? We're going to, you know, we're going to go fight. You're going to go learn how to fight. So he called Mike Goldberg and Mike Goldberg was like, well, best gym in Arizona, you know, MMA gym that's close enough to you guys, Power MMA. So we went down to Power maybe a week later and then... Originally, I didn't even want to do any grappling, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, anything like that. I just wanted to, like, I just wanted to box. I thought boxing was cool. That's all I wanted to do. But then my dad made me uh, start doing jiu-jitsu, so that's pretty much how it all started. Well, and Andre, you know, met Andre, and it was game over from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andre's pretty, uh, Andre's definitely... He takes your your slight want to do jiu-jitsu, and it'll either turn off, but most likely it's going to turn on. Andre's a really good way of bringing that out of people. Yeah, yeah. So you said so, you played hockey before jiu-jitsu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like hockey guys, like a lot of them are like actually really tough. <laughs> They're not mm-hmm. like fake tough guys. They fight all the time, like actually on the ice and yeah, you know, off the ice a lot too. <laughs> yeah, well, what's annoying with like, I still got a bunch of friends who play hockey and stuff but it's like everyone thinks that they know how to fight and they they're they are tough they're, yeah. they're real, if you play hockey you got to be tough like you know you're gonna take a, a puck to the you can take it anywhere on your body that's going uh, at that age it was probably like 80 miles an hour max but yeah. still it's fast it's still yeah. you can check <laughs> you can you know you can it's a physical game it's not yeah. like it's not like soccer you tap and you do a backflip and start <laughs> well so, i just can't believe you just said that uh 80 miles per hour puck like ah whatever what back when i played like eight years old 80 miles per hour is nothing like dude if i, I get mean, hit with an 80 mile per hour puck right now i'm gonna die like a problem well, you, gonna got, die. you got pads but if you get hit where you don't have like pads dude it's rough like, it, <laughs> it hurts <laughs> i bet so uh but yeah i, I mean if you play hockey, you got to be tough. The last, uh, my last season that I played, I was 14. And uh, one of the dudes kind of charged our goalie. And, like, that's kind of like an unwritten rule. Don't mess with the goalie. Pretty much in any sport that has a goalie, you just don't mess with the goalie. So he, like, charged our goalie. And then I saw that out of the corner of my eye. And I just, like, skated up to him. And just started laying right hands on his, and we had, we had like face masks. We didn't have we didn't have visors, so I couldn't hit his face. But I was still dropping bombs on his face mask. 
just going <laughs> crazy. And then I got ejected from the game. I got like a like a five game suspension or something after that. And pretty much after that, that's when I kind of decided, like, you know what? I don't think I'm gonna play hockey anymore. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm out you know, permanently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't fight. We can't. We can't go crazy. You know. <laughs> the sport's dumb. I can't beat yeah. up people on the fly. Yeah. Well, exactly. welcome to jujitsu, where that's the main goal is to gravel people and beat them up. That's yeah. a joke. That's not the main goal of jujitsu. Where we don't support that on the open guard cast. I just want to let you know. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, we ask a lot of people about like how they started, and like a lot of people obviously played other sports and stuff. But I think you're the first person that played hockey before starting jujitsu that we talked to. Yo, right, what's Jay? the craziest response you guys got? The craziest response? Well, b- before we bring that up, I want to say that what's funny is I remember Cade uh, and I and Dante Leon had a uh, had a conversation at that Nogi Worlds, that same Nogi Worlds I had a crazy match with Ronaldo. Um, we talked about uh, Dante Leon played hockey. So Kate yeah. and Dante had a nice little dialogue over over playing hockey. That was pretty cool. Fun he's fact, from Canada. Dante Leon, he's not French Canadian. Yeah, we thought Dante Leon was French Canadian for a while. <laughs> and then he just he's said, oh, French I hate Canadian. French Canadians. We're like, oh, cool, okay. <laughs> I thought you were French Canadian. Because I remember I fought Dante Leon at Purple Ball, and I remember telling Kate, I was like, I lost to a damn French Canadian because I thought he was French Canadian because he didn't speak a word to me the entire day. And then when I, I lost to Dante, but I think I lost to him by like, by like an advantage or two points in that in that match in 2016 i thought that's when i dropped uh met josh mckinney as well um Purple i remember ball, right? kate was like damn it i hate that guy and then we just like we just like watched <laughs> up until we found out he was french canadian we're like god ah, it's the french canadian guy he's super good but he's french canadian <laughs> and, and then we talked to him about <laughs> french canadian. Uh, that's hilarious. So the weirdest response of how somebody got st- uh, started in jiu-jitsu that's kind of an uh I think there's there's cool responses like there's I don't know about weird like one of my favorites was a recent guest uh, Haisam Rita. I was just gonna say that he was yeah, his was just... his start in jiu jitsu is crazy coming from Ghana moving to Tokyo Japan and then now he's in Detroit Michigan with um with David Garmo but he lives in Tokyo Japan and he's not Japanese he speaks fluent uh as Afrikaans that they speak in Ghana I think. He not speaks sure. the native language of Ghana. He speaks Japanese and he speaks English. So that's like three crazy different languages that that guy speaks. So that's that's probably my favorite response. Well, the uh, way he got Andrew started Wiltsey too. Probably. Andrew Wiltsey is a really funny intro to jujitsu yeah. as well, just because his his childhood. We can never complain about our childhood again. <laughs> yeah, his was nuts. <laughs> definitely, it's definitely uh, uh, different. Did we lose Cade? Are you still there? Did we lose Cade? Ladies and gentlemen, we may have lost Cade, which is okay, because guess what? Force to here. We're still talking about Cade Roke. Uh, the episode <laughs> must go on. I'm sure he will be back in just a second. His face uh, is frozen. Well, it's gone His face now. is now gone, but that's okay, because he's back. He's back. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's happened before. Okay. <clears throat> so, next question is going to be from me. Uh, the, I mean, you've been competing. Now, you had, you, you had your... Uh, your very first ever purple belt pans, and you went up a weight class. Okay, so Cade normally competed at lightweight as a blue belt and in the beginning stages as purple belt, but then he went up to middleweight for pans, had a great performance. Um, and in the in the open weight, you had a particular match that I want to ask you about as well. But I want to go over that pans performance because that was kind of a weird, it was kind of a weird Pan Ams, obviously given the pandemic and everything like that. But um, I want to talk about first how you f- how you feel competing now at that weight. And also, what are your com- your future competitive plans? So answer both those. Ooh, um, 
honestly, I feel really, really good at middleweight. So when the quarantine first started, I really like since in the beginning, no one was really training because no one really knew what was going on. So all the gyms were shut down and everything. So I started lifting like every day, four times a week with one of my friends who Jake knows he used to go to he used to go to power and do pancreation with us. Um, so we started lifting every day at my uncle's house in his garage because he has a pretty nice setup in his garage. So I got up to like 175 and I was like, you know, I don't really want to cut to lightweight. So I just decided I'd compete at middleweight. And, uh, and when, when I was competing middleweight, I felt pretty good. Like I didn't really feel undersized or not strong enough to compete at middleweight. And, uh, I kind of like not having to worry about my weight and not have to cut weight. So, so that was, that was pretty cool. Don't we all hate that? Yeah, seriously. Jake's the worst at cutting weight, but. Oh yeah. Well, I complain. Yeah. I don't, I don't like cutting weight, but I've never missed weight. So every time I have cut weight, I have made the weight. So you can say all you want about, I, I, I'll complain until the freaking, I don't know the old person saying for how long I'll complain until, but I'll <laughs> complain as long as I need to, but I'll still make that weight. So. Yeah, but no way it was cool. That was, that was a good tournament. Usually we, when we go to Pan Ams, it's usually a good tournament. This one was weird just because we had to fly in. Usually it's in California. So we just drive like the day before, or, you know, whatever, but it was kind of weird because we had to fly in and we all were staying at different places. Usually we'll all get a, you know, the same hotel room or whatever, but we're all staying at different places. So it was kind of weird. And, uh, and the whole venue setup was a little weird. You always had to wear a mask, mm. you know, outside of, unless you're competing on the spot, which, you know, that's, that's not really cool, but <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. So is that your first time doing middleweight? Um, no, I did middleweight a couple times before, but honestly, every time I competed at middleweight before that, I weighed like, like for that tournament, I think I weighed in like 178 with my gi on. Every time I competed at middleweight before that, I literally weighed like either 169 or 170. <laughs> like barely so, above lightweight. <laughs> yeah, it was just, I didn't want to wash my weight. I didn't want to cut weight. So... A lot of us did the same thing. A lot of us at the gym. A lot of us at the gym did the same thing. Like we would just compete lighter than we were. Like I've been competing 195 for a while, but I would I would weigh in with my gi like 187 just because you know. So it's kind of a consistent thing. Uh, I feel like a lot of people don't want to cut weight, particularly me and Cade. <laughs> we don't like <we> <laughs> to cut for for tournaments, and we do well. I mean, okay, what what I was alluding to with uh, your medium heavyweight match. So at Pan Am's. Oh, yeah. You fought the guy that got first place at medium heavyweight. You lost by one advantage, and honestly, at the very end of the fight, I feel like a little bit more in the gas tank you could have done. You could have definitely taken that one home, and that was a crazy win because that guy went on to do well in the open. I don't know if he won the open, but I know he did very well in the open. I think he took second. Yes, he made it all the way to the final, and and I think that that um, could speak to a little bit of, like, how did you feel after that tournament? Because a lot of people, they'll – you know, a lot of people have like this this crazy OCD warrior mentality where 
they they think if they don't win, it's not good enough. But I think that there's a lot to be learned from a performance, especially that one. Like you got third and then you lost in the first round of the open. But the matches you had in both of those instances were crazy. So tell me how you felt after the tournament. Well, after that match specifically, I was I was pretty I was upset and I wasn't at the same time because I heard uh I hurt my ribs in my second match. I got a uh, went for the ugliest takedown <laughs> and uh, I was fighting Ben Kunzel. I don't know how to say his last name. Mm-hmm. I went for the ugliest take. I was so desperate. I needed I needed to score. I think I was down by an advantage. I needed to score. So I went. I tried to like just dump him down. And he landed all of his weight on my ribs and it knocked the wind out of me and my ribs like made some ugly, ugly sound. So I was hurting pretty bad after that. And then after the match, I, you know, I went through the, I went through my division and everything was all good. But after the match in the open specifically, I was so tired, but in the end I had, I think I had a takedown. I, yeah, I was, I was on a single leg with like 15 seconds left. And if I, I feel like if I would have had just a little bit more, you know, a little bit better cardio, then I would have been able to finish it. And, you know, who knows what would have happened after that for the rest of the Open. But it was, uh, it was, that was probably the, that was probably one of the toughest. That was, yeah, that was probably my second toughest match of the day. But it was it was kind of tough to swallow after that. Like, you know, after you leave the venue and everything and you're thinking back on the match, it's like, man, if I just would have, you know, gave it a little bit more. But in reality, I gave it all I had because there wasn't, you know, I didn't have really anything left in the tank. But you know how you feel after after a tough loss like that. It's like, man, if I just had a little bit left, I would have been able to, you know, maybe win the match and go mm-hmm. on. So Danny, I want to I want to illustrate a picture for you. Kate, it's the it's the quarterfinal of the tournament. Kate is up against Benjamin this Kunzel. Is, this is the weight class. This is the weight class. Okay. Fight Sports or a uh, uh, Fighters Choice sponsored Benjamin Kunzel. Kate is down most of the fight. Wins by takedown. Hurts his rib. Gets his rib wrapped up. As he's about to go on for his semifinal. Uh, Kay looks us dead in the eyes as we're coaching and says, this is just like Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I, I, like, oh, I had to do a double take. I've never seen Cobra Kai. So I had, Dude, you, I, have like, to, you have to get a picture of Cade with the wrap on his ribs and use that for this episode's post. I'd have to just have a quote, do a quote bubble. This is Cobra Kai. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to go on Facebook and I'm going to see if I uploaded the, the panel <laughs> pictures and I'll see if I can do that for the thumbnail. But I remember just like that was when I realized that Cade was in his groove. And Danny and I talked a little bit about this before the episode aired and all, uh, before we started recording. And also we talked about this yesterday with Varun. We um <laughs> we realize about ourselves as competitors that like we're just ourselves, right? So like you you know me, Kate. I'm Kate has told me many occasions like just you know, like, hey, get serious. Like we're about to compete, but that's not how I operate. And Kate knows that. So like the, I I remember I was fighting Mateos, same tournament. I was fighting Mateos, and I'm like I'm like joking with Cade before the match goes on, 
And then Cade is like, I think he finally realized like this is just how Jake operates. It's not really, a, it's it's not a like he's not. Like after ten years seriously. of competing with him, I yeah, it's not that it. I'm not taking the match seriously. It's that I'm just having a lot of fun. So with the match with uh, Ben, when I saw him go like, this is just like Cobra Kai. I was like, oh, that's Cade. Because I've always Cade's a goofball too. Like Cade, Cade. Uh, Cade's definitely a very, very serious competitor, and Cade, there's a joke in my academy where Cade gives everybody, uh, sends everybody into cardiac arrest every time Cade competes because sometimes it's so close for like no reason. Cade used to be known for just like Cade is a very, very good 50-50, and uh, man, like just watching him would make me, it would make me so angry because I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Like I want so badly for you to just go out and pass a guard and get a tap, but no, you have to make it so close. But then yeah. it had amps. Cade Boy came out. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't playing Pan Ams because I was fresh off season two of Cobra Kai. <laughs> you know, I was on fire. It's inspiration running through your head. Oh, dude, me and Jake were Wim Hoffing every day at the gym. <laughs> we're, we're doing our we're doing our breathing our breathing techniques. I just finished Cobra Kai. I was on fire, dude. I was on fire. I was we very skilled, honestly. Like that's hilarious. Kate showed me Wim Hof and uh and that was definitely like I was like wow this actually makes me feel really good. I started doing Wim Hof before every tournament, before every I would I would do a lot of breathing exercises. I haven't been doing them lately. I've been eating way too much pizza and playing way too much League of Legends lately to be doing Wim Hof breathing exercises, but that's what I've been that's that's been my uh game plan here. No, Wim Hof is the man, dude. Those breathing techniques and uh and watching watching Cobra Kai. Oh, I was on fire. And I would call my parents between every match. And I'm not kidding. Here's how the conversation went. I'd be like, hey, did you see that match? And they were like, yeah, yeah, you know, good job, whatever. I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty Cobra Kai in me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then when, it, when I lost in my division, I was, I was pretty upset. I was like, you know, I, I, I had a good tournament. I placed. It was fun. So I called my dad, and I'm like, hey. He was like, hey, good job. You know, you did good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't very Cobra Kai of me, was it? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then the sadness ensued. Yeah, yeah. I cried, ate an acai bowl. Felt better. Didn't want to sign up for great. the Open. Oh, yo, you know what? Before my division, or before the Open, we actually had five guys. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> that yeah, was a we had a, we had a, uh, I had a big old milkshake, big burger, some fries. So I didn't think I was going to do the open. My ribs were hurting. My back hurt. I was grumpy. I was tired. <laughs> and the open didn't start. Dude, the, my division finished at like one. And the open didn't start to like, like six. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not really in the mood for all this stuff. But I called Andre and he's like, hey, I mean, hey, do what you want. But I would do the open if I were you. So I signed up and, and, and did the open after going crazy on five guys and all sables. <laughs> it's true. You definitely ate a lot too. So I don't know how you did the open that day. That that's even more impressive. A belly full of five guys <laughs> went out there and did well in the open. Yeah, so yeah, I actually just watched the Yeah. <laughs> I actually just watched the open class match right before we started recording. Um and I felt like your game looked kind of similar to Jake's in a lot of ways, like getting to the sing leg X. And then you did a really cool thing with the lapel where you like trapped your foot inside of it um, to like hold the position so he couldn't peel your foot off. But yeah, yeah do you want to talk about good. like 
You taught Jake that? <laughs> yeah, I've seen Jake do that before. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but are those like positions that you use like pretty frequently? Uh, yeah. I mean, all throughout Blue Belt, I was always like before every match, I would just like say over and over in my head, pull guard, get under the leg, pull guard, get under the leg, pull guard, get under the leg. So that was like my main game plan, get under the leg, start attacking the footlock, start trying to get a sweep. Not that it, not that I'd ever sweep anyone, but you know, <laughs> they're going for the sweep. And uh, that was my main. So I'm really comfortable in single leg X and uh, 50-52, close guard. Pretty much anywhere guard-wise, I'm pretty comfortable. But up until Purple Belt, uh, single leg X was like my main game, especially in Arizona because back when I was a blue belt, no one – I don't want to say no one knew how to defend it, but no one's defense was, like, on the level that, like, people from, I don't want to necessarily say people from our gym, but a lot of, you know, like me, Connor, Jake, those guys, uh, their their defense wasn't on, like, the same level as our sweeps and mm-hmm. our attack single leg X, but now everyone's getting real, real good at defending single leg X, especially from Arizona, just because... Yeah, you know, I think they see it working really well, so they start using it at their gym, and it's like, okay, this is a good position, and I don't want to say we paved the way for people from Arizona to <laughs> use single X, but I mean, I'm not gonna say that. You guys can, you know, make your own assumptions, but no, well, no but I seriously, yeah, I do see all of you guys use it, like, like you said, you, Jay, Connor. Um, I see you guys use it every single tournament that you guys compete. So, like, is that something that Andre kind of, like, helped you guys develop to kind of push you that way? Because I, th- I think it's a really good position for competition because, like you said, you can do the footlock, so you have the submission option. You can get the advantage. Or there's usually a sweep, like the double ankle sweep or whatever. There's a ton of sweeps. But, yeah, I feel like it's really a good position for competition. Dude, two words. Leandro low. That's That's – he was – okay. We started doing single X back in, like – you know, we've been doing it for a while, but we really started focusing on single legs in like 2016 or 2017. It was 2017. Uh, Jake, was it 2016? Maybe, I think it might have been 20, 2017 yeah, I feel like I've seen, because that was when he won pans. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So 2017, we really, really started doing a lot of single legs. We've been doing single legs before, but we started doing a lot of single legs. Just because Leandro Lowe was the man. I mean, he still is the man, but at the time he was like winning everything. Yeah, I think that was was that the year where he almost had the Grand Slam but lost to Marigali at World. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that year he was on fire. You couldn't yeah. tell me that. You couldn't tell me Leandro wasn't wasn't the man that year. And uh, so after you know we saw Leandro killing this, so we were like, hey, single X is pretty cool. We started doing a lot of single X. We started uh, in the gym every round. Before every round, you know, we'd start, we'd spread our arms and do the big circle. Oh, dear. So <laughs> we did not do that. Kate and I would do that as a joke. But um, I think one thing that I want to bring up is just like one of the things about us as a gym and like, we, I mean, Arizona is a very tight knit community, even in our competition. So we're able to compete against each other all the time, at least five times a year. So 
our gym doing single leg X is a result of seeing its statistical viability, right? Like Andre's a man of statistics. So he sees what are the sweeps that are happening the most. And it wasn't just Leandro Lowe. Leandro Lowe paved the way for other people to do it too. I mean, think about how many people bull pass because of Leandro or dive knee cut because of Leandro or even do under the leg because of him. So it was one of those things where Andre saw that statistically it was working and Leandro was kind of the pivotal center of a movement. So that's kind of what influences, okay, we want to we want to be good at what works, right? And that's why my jiu-jitsu is the way it is. That's why people who watch Cade know Cade's jiu-jitsu is the way it is because it's just trying to be logical. It's trying to be effective. So that's kind of what he means, I believe, by paving the way is we do what kind of statistically works. And whenever you're around people who are doing the good things like me, Cade, Connor, John Pfeiffer, Michael Martin, like all these people at our gym who are very good and very technical, Ryan Lipscomb, they are breeding that sense of we have to be better at defending this stuff. We have to be better at doing this stuff. So – People at our gym have to like the level has to get up quick. And that's what kind of happened. That's why I don't really cross train is because everybody in my gym is good enough to push me to be good. Everybody at my gym is crazy. And they're and what I mean, crazy, crazy, good technique and actually mentally insane. So like they actually like we, we I've seen some gyms between, or some uh some roles between masters competitors at our gym where I'm like, dude, Andre. And it's like a day where Andre's like, hey, you're teaching today. And then I'll be like, damn, wish Andre was here because if someone gets injured right now, I'll be I'm not going to know what to do. <laughs> like they, these guys are grappling against the finals of the Masters World Championship. Um, And yeah, I just think that uh, Langelo definitely was the man. Langelo was definitely uh yeah. he was the guy, the, the guy to watch out for. But I just kind of wanted to like give my two cents on what Cade said there. Yeah, hey, sure. we, like, want, we want a 2017 lounger back. We sure. almost, hey, pfft. he I might mean, be back. BJJ yeah. stars, dude. Did you see BJJ yeah, stars? I thought that. He might be we, back. We want Leandro 2017 back, dude. Uh, was that the that was the show where Zaki was on too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jake doesn't like Izaki that much. Okay, here's the thing. Izaki is the man also. That dude is, is a crazy dude. He is a machine. Watching him fight, I don't think I've ever... Dude, he's one of my favorite competitors for sure. Especially at middleweight. Yeah, he's at middleweight, he's for sure my favorite competitor. That dude is crazy, bro. He's so... He's like... He's, he's like the Yoel Romero of... <laughs> Of jiu-jitsu, straight up. Like Except he's twenty-five. At, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. When he's forty, when he's forty, he's gonna look the same. He might be bald, but just like yo, oh man. Yeah, I'm telling you, he's the Yoel Romero of our sport. He's awesome. very true. I, I like watching him too. His battles with Argus are always super fun. Oh, and uh, his match with Batista. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, and the trash talk after, bro. Instagram, bro. You see the Instagram after that? That was crazy. (laughs) Kate and I are definitely huge nerds for watching like hype moments in jujitsu. We get, we get hype. We get hype for sure. The trash talk after that alone was worth, you know, the match could have been super boring. They could have done nothing, but the trash talk after that, bro. Come on. Don't even. That was (laughs) crazy. Doesn't really happen in jujitsu all the time. I feel. Oh, I know, but still, even like when it does happen, it's like you know, it doesn't happen for no reason. That's People true. don't just most of the time. I mean, you got Gordon, yeah. who's just a big time troll, and uh, short, thick boy. Oh yeah, and short, thick boy. <laughs> short, yeah. thick boy. But, if you listen to this, but uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, like that never happens. And the last yeah. person I would expect to be talking trash is probably, you know, he doesn't seem too 
like, you know, that way. Yeah, for sure. I uh I know that Cade likes uh, Izaki specifically because he beat me at the World Series of Grappling <laughs> event. Cade and uh, he left again. Crazy. He's back. Sorry. Your connection is awful. You guys can get Wi Fi, bro. Yeah, connections. <laughs> um, but Danny, you have another question? Yeah. So who? So you mentioned Izak. Who are some of the other guys that you really like to watch compete? Low Izak. Like, are there any other? Is it mostly like middleweights? Do you watch uh, competitors from every weight class? Dude, I like. Uh, it's weird because I like a lot of the a lot of the lighter weight guys. Like, for a long time, Gianni Grippel was like my favorite favorite grappler. You know, like I would always I was always talk about Gianni in the gym. And then, I mean, I still like Gianni a lot, um, but there are new guys who, not like caught caught my attention, but like there are new guys who I really like watching. Also, like I really like watching Levi. Um, Jake is kind of all right to watch sometimes. <laughs> I like I like the matches where Jake loses. Those are probably my favorite. Um, <laughs> But no, like, <laughs> so I, I like I like Levi. I've always liked the Meow Brothers. Um, Mikey's Mikey's cool to watch. I don't think there's Marcio Andre. You forgot to name. Oh yeah, yeah, Marcio Andre. <laughs> I like, dude, I watched Marcio Andre at Pan Am. Marcio's cool. Yeah, oh, he's, oh, Mateus Gabriel. He's... I like Mateus Gabriel a lot too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kate Kate likes that the specific technique of Mateus Gabriel. Hey, Kate hey, really hey. likes. Hey, sh- okay, sorry, 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 sorry. I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. I was just about to divulge any that secret for later. information. Yeah, My bad. Yeah. We'll, we'll go over that off air, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but Marcio's, dude, Marcio's the man. Yeah, he's his jiu-jitsu is unbelievable, and yeah, it's he's really hype. Cool Honestly, Marcio is very exciting style of jiu-jitsu too. That's what I like. Is Marcio was not a fr- like he wants to finesse and outplay you. Like that's what I call it. It's like outplaying. He likes to outplay you. And he likes to kind of go for um, actual things that are going to keep the match going. Not, you know, I feel like one thing that I've kind of done and why Kate doesn't really like watching me is um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just I, I, I like I'm not the most I'm not the most exciting competitor anymore. Bro, come on, quit playing. Yes, hold, hold, up, hold up, hold <laughs> dude, up, hold Jake up. Goes crazy. Jake goes crazy every match. Like, I don't understand how this dude does it. He's like. He'll like he'll go for submissions out of nowhere and so and he'll catch them too. Like it's Jake's a submission fighter, bro. Straight up, like yes. it is crazy we'll watching calm Jake down. submissions because it's like, oh, he might lose, and then out of nowhere, boom, triangle, triangle from left field. Who thought that was gonna happen? No one. <laughs> what I was gonna say was, okay. yes, I like submitting, but I'm not trying as hard as I did at Purple Belt when I lost a tournament because I tried too hard. You remember that? Kate called me an idiot for two months after Purple Belt Worlds 2017. He's like, why'd you do that? He's like, why'd you go for eight? Why'd you go for five submissions in a row? That was cool, but you got too tired. And I was like, Kate also cried after I beat Gujari, but. Dude, <laughs> that was crazy. That was so crazy. There's two matches that I've cried before. Um, and they've only been for Jake just because, I don't know, it's like an adrenaline jump. I'm so hyped. So Jake got beat up by Gucci Barbosa like, like, like four tournaments in a row, and I was like, man, it was Gucci. two, it was two dude, tournaments in a row. I was like ten. Felt man. like four. <laughs> dude, dude, Gucci Barbosa, I was like, man, this dude's the man. Jake's never gonna beat this guy, you know. So Jake goes out there, 
and he footlocks it. And I was like, no, you know, I, I didn't cry because I was happy for Jake. I cried because I was sad for Gucciari, you know. This hype train just got derailed. I'm playing, I'm playing. No, but for real, like after that match, dude, it was so crazy. Like, like we were all, it was, it was just our whole team. We were all standing over there because Jake was the only one competing that day. And uh, Jake footlocks Gucciari Barbosa, which... No one would have guessed happened because he just got. I don't think I've up. ever seen him get footlocks before. I, I don't think I've ever, dude. Realistically, it's very, very rare that you see him lose. Yeah. So, uh, after that, you know, we are all going crazy. You can, you can rewatch the match and you can hear us. And uh, I, I, I never pop off or open my gear, nothing like that. But I did. <laughs> I, I popped, popped off, off after that. Yeah, yeah. And and Andre, like everything. Everything you could not hear anything but Andre and Andre's like fuck the little tournament and Jake's like you know go go crazy we're all go and then hey, was was your match with the with that Japanese guy before that the Japanese guy yeah that was the judo black belt my whole game plan was don't get judo thrown <laughs> yeah his whole game plan was was don't get judo thrown and then they they had been on the ground the entire match and Jake thought hey maybe he can judo throw me from here. So he was just trying to commit him like crazy for no reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I went too hard that match, and I wasted all my energy. <clears throat> but speaking of tournaments, right, coming into 2021, I know you had expressed interest to me off-air super fights, right? Want to do some super fights. After Pan Am's, Flow Grappling ranked you. Uh, were you ranked? What was your ranking on the Flow Grappling Purple Belt? The Purple Belt. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, ranked fourth on Flow, Flow Grappling's. Yeah. Damn, Top wait, for, for all purple belts, or just, just uh, middle purple weight? Purple belt, middle oh, weight. Middle weight. <laughs> okay. That's so, still really impressive. Very, right? So that could that could bide well for you to get um, some great, you know, some great exposure, some great fights. And I know that fight, I still rank number three now. So rank number three at middleweight, Cade Roque. Uh, <laughs> Flow gratification ranked from Brazil. I forgot about that. They say really? from Brazil, yeah. Because it's no, dude, you got to go with that. You got to post videos of yourself speaking Portuguese. Well, just hey, guys. Yeah, guys, I really like you. I like having I really like you. I like this uh, rank. No, but uh, this guy. Okay, so they, what's funny is Scott Perry from Unity, who I believe you fought in the, in the semifinal. Um yeah. So it's basically the top three people from from middleweight that got uh, placed at Pans are in the top three right now, right? And it's just funny seeing the the number two guy be from USA and then the top the other two are from Brazil, but one of them's actually from like <laughs> freaking Boston. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, looking forward into the future, what are your future competitive plans? I know we all, we mean you are probably going to travel and compete this year together. So wherever I go is probably going to be where you go. But as far as like super fights, what are your aspirations? Like what are some tournaments you want to do? What are some goals you have already in mind? Stuff like that. Man, I want to get on fight to win shows. Like <clears throat> I did one at blue belt, but I don't know how I got that match. Honestly, like, cause, Right now, it seems not right now, like pre pandemic, it seemed impossible. I would always, I would apply for all of them, never get put on them. I think I'm just going to call Seth Daniels out, honestly. I'm going to ask <laughs> Seth Daniels to fight him. Well, uh, funny enough, Cade has the 2018 submission of the year, and Cade was 
considered a kids or juvenile like teens competitor. Uh, he was blue belt at the time, but he was a juvenile blue belt. So Kate had the the, the 2018 submission of the year. Uh, Dude, I didn't even know I had that. In that one, yeah, I remember Kaden was at my house and we were playing video games. And we were watching, and then we were like, got bored of video games, started playing flow uh, grappling matches. And I was like, hey, look at that, Kane Rogue, 2018 submission of the year. And he's like, wait, are you are you joking? I was like, no, I didn't know it. Which but look, submission right was there. that? I feel like it was a Kimura. Was... It was a flying Kimura, so it was actually really. Oh, cool. okay, no, it no, was no, a super. Kane grabbed the Kimura and flew into the clothes guard. It was it was actually okay, dude, great. Great story about that. Um, so before that, every time I'd roll with Andre, he passed my guard, and. I would just kind of, you know, I'd, I'd try to fight from there. But he'd always lock a Kimura, and he wouldn't finish it like that. He would finish it the exact same way that I did in that match, and he would, like, kind of jump on me and it'd break my grip and and all that. I'd never once drilled it. I'd only had it done on me while going live. I never even thought about it, to be honest. <laughs> but then in the match, I was like, ooh. Wait, like, like, you can see me look up in the match, and I kind of, like, look up, and I, like, grin. I'm like, I'm really about to go for this right now. <laughs> so, I, like, I lock it, and I'm like, boom, and I just jump. <laughs> I jump on it, like, super, super hard. Very unathletic, very, very ugly. And I just crank on the Kimura. I didn't feel him tapping, but I guess he was tight. You could see in the video he's tapping for a while. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go. But, uh, but yeah, I, I hit that submission after never drilling it and never even thinking about, you know, going for it. I just had it done to me, like probably 20 times by andre mm-hmm. <laughs> if you ask kit dale you don't even need to drill things so yeah I, I <laughs> it's proving that. is you just drill. <laughs> it's hey, kind of true though in some party. situations like especially if you felt it and it's like you know how effective it is like okay it's right here i can do it mm-hmm. for sure i mean especially i mean bro come on don't you know you you guys know me i'm the best i'm the best <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best to ever do it. <laughs> well, Danny, do you have Kate Froze again? This is fantastic. Fantastic connection from back. So yeah, I actually do have another question. So you talked about rolling with Andre. I've heard what Andre's like as a coach from Jake, but I haven't really talked to too many other people from Mark Abba about about him as a coach. So talk about Andre. Dude, Andre's the man. Plain and simple. Andre's the man. What do you feel Everything. like makes him like different from other okay, okay. coaches? I, I don't know about other coaches, but I know about other people. Here's the yeah. thing. Andre will never say anything that's not a fact or that's not like a, a very, very valid opinion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like if you ask him something, hey, coach, should I do this? If he genuinely doesn't know, he'll tell you straight up. He'll be like, hey, to be honest with you, I don't. I don't know. Like, if I told you, he says this, if I told you, I'd be lying. Or, or if I told you, I know, I'd be lying. But Andre just, dude, 100% of the time, Andre's always spitting straight facts. <laughs> like, like I'm not playing everything Andre says, it's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And he's very and, rough on us, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he keeps it real, always. And that's what that's what's real cool about Andre. I mean... It's just it's it's no it's no BS no nonsense. You know? Is he like the type of coach who's like very involved in like your game specifically? Like, Kate, I I see you in this position all the time. Like, do this. Like, he really breaks down your specific techniques. Is he like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, I mean, dude, he's like, he's really really driven. He's a really good coach. So, 
I think most co- most good coaches, you know, with their with their competitors, they'd be like, hey, I see you doing this a lot. This would work better. I see this happening a lot. Do this to stop that. You know, whatever it is. But he's always it's weird because he's always like super motivated. Always, always, always super motivated. You'll never see Andre not like like dragging ass. You'll never see Andre dragging ass. You'll never see Andre be like, fuck, I'm tired or oh, I'm hungry. I've never ever heard Andre say he's tired or he's hungry. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's it's weird because he's just like, dude, he's like a robot, honestly. <laughs> and matches the description I've given for sure. Yeah, no, like for people that don't know Andre, it's like, I mean, people from that know Andre from the outside, it's like, oh, you know, Andre's mean, Andre's Andre's whatever, he's he's an asshole, whatever. It's just because he doesn't, he's not like a social person. He's not going to go up to random people and introduce himself and be like, hey, I'm, I'm Andre, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's, he stays in his own lane. He does his own thing. And he doesn't really, you know, especially at tournaments, he doesn't, it, I can't speak for him, but it seems to me that he doesn't really care to meet new people at tournaments. You know, he's got his students. He's got his gym. He worries about his people. And that's besides his friends, like, you know, he's known Kiko for I don't know how many years. So he'll talk to Kiko and all them. But, but besides people he already knows, he's not going to go out of his way to introduce himself to new people or talk to new people that introduce themselves to him. Like, not out of him being rude, but just because he's, you know. Yeah, the way I always saw it when I would see him at tournaments is that he's just, like, so focused on you guys. It's not that he's, like, trying to be rude or anything but like he literally has a notepad with i'm guessing notes about every single one of you guys or like even guys you're facing and he's just running from mat to mat he's never not <laughs> coaching someone at the tournament you never don't hear his voice yeah, it's like he has yeah, a ton yeah. of people competing so he's so focused on you guys i feel like he doesn't want to just take away from that and i always thought it was really cool like how like passionate he was when he coached because like you see a lot of coaches they they really don't say too much when their students compete but he like legitimately cares about every single competitor of his that's competing like white belt who's been training for two months or jake it doesn't matter mm-hmm. yeah exactly and he always like say dude you could be getting your ass hit it could be 40 to nothing you could be just getting absolutely destroyed and you'll still hear andre yelling with the same amount of intensity that's true and the same amount of anger frustration whatever if you were losing two to nothing you know what i mean mm. So it's it's and even if you're winning, you could be winning twenty to nothing. He wouldn't go as crazy if you're winning twenty to nothing. You know, that's when he kind of tones it down a little bit, like a little yeah. little bit. But dude, he's just I don't honestly, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he goes home after the tournament and doesn't sleep for like four days. He must burn like ten thousand calories at those tournaments. <laughs> but, all the all he, the food that he ate. Oh yeah, yeah, but no, he'll he'll make he'll make up those calories again by eating wings after. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's one thing that we we know about Andre. That man loves wings. That man loves wings. One thing yeah. I want to say about Andre too that I think Kate can definitely relate to, and that I haven't talked about before, is his ability to coach according to what he knows about you. So like he'll coach everybody differently, right? He's still going to yell, but he also understands that like if somebody is not very perceptive to like go 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 go, then he'll be it's more like a guiding kind of like he's guiding you. And if you're losing it's like okay, listen blank, you have to do this. It's instead of like with me and Cade, he knows that we know what to do 
and he knows that we pers- we we respond well to the yelling kind of coaching. And he also knows us personally. He knows all of his students. Like he he makes a grand effort to like be a leader. So by effect, all the people want to know Andre, and then people who are at the gym thus like become familiar with Andre. So Andre knows everybody at the gym and he knows all their game and he really is a psychopathic robot. So like he will, he will spend great majority of his time getting to know all of his students. And that's what makes him, that's why I call him jujitsu's hidden gem. Like he really is jujitsu's hidden gem because that guy has led like, like Kate and I are high level competitors, right? And we have, we do not cross train. Like we don't, we don't go anywhere else. And, and like we're ranked, I mean, Cade's ranked higher than higher than me for now, until <laughs> whenever Michael Sears decides to the stop race. mountain biking and decides to start <laughs> updating those rankings. <laughs> gonna get on it, gonna get on those rankings. I know this Cade Hokey kid is, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brazilian Kate kid looks awfully Hulk. American to me. I didn't know that a Brazilian kid born in Boston. Why is he not called American? <laughs> I love that impression. He hates it so much, though, dude. Oh, man. It's hilarious. I do love can Michael ask, Sears. Can I ask one more Andre question? So, like, dude, I feel like... Uh, Andre questions as you want. This, I feel like this is, like, something that differentiates good coaches from coaches who aren't as good. But, like, how does he deal with... Let's say one of you guys takes, like, a devastating loss or, like, a match that you really thought you were going to win or you just underperform at a tournament. Does he do anything different when you come back to the gym, like, to try to, you know, get you back on the right track? Uh, it depends on who it is. Like, for like, for Jake, he'll go and you know they'll talk about it. For me, he'll just start talking shit to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he, he knows he knows how each of us responds. So he'll he'll like you know, if it's real real serious, then he'll tell me serious. But if it's like if it's a if it's a match that I lost that I shouldn't have lost, then he'll go, man. You're lucky I let you back in here because I shouldn't let you back in here after you know, <laughs> like, like just stuff like that. So most of the time he will, after every tournament, we usually talk about what happened. You know, we don't like, we don't sit down on the match like in a big circle. You know, crisscross applesauce and talk about our feelings and talk about what happened. Yeah. You know, like he'll he'll come over to us at any point during the day or during the class and start just dropping knowledge on us like mm-hmm. like hey you know here's where you messed up or whatever for me i don't mess up really but for Jake, <laughs> like, here's where you messed up yeah no i I, I really like that because i feel like what you said about him really getting to know his students jake like you when you understand someone's personality you understand how they respond to like your critiques or your criticism some people respond better to like okay you did this really well keep doing this so yeah i feel like that's that's awesome that he kind of takes it by an individual basis well, yeah i mean you should you can you can't yeah. just speak to everybody the same way i mean that you do that in the street <laughs> you talk to everybody <laughs> the same way in a public place they're going to respond differently to it some people might not like it but the thing the amazing thing is like okay Cade's right Cade will tease okay so andre will like realistically tease those he can tease because part of his personality too he likes to tease people it's part i think it's a part of the brazilian like culture is making sure. fun of people as well and uh, yeah, no, he's done the same thing to me. And he's had the same serious talks with Cade after tournaments. Like there's been some tournaments where Cade and I have come back bummed, like really bummed. And there's some where I've come back and been like, you know what, man, I'm I'm okay. You know, like when I lost to Heapmar, that was a really emotional day for me because Andre competed the same day. And I was the only one in my academy who didn't get to see it 
because I was in Fresno competing against Hebemar. So when I came back, I was kind of bummed because I was like, man, I went all the way out there and I lost and Andre was here competing and it was awesome. And Andre had a serious talk with me about that where like we both thought I won and it was like one of those things where that's going to happen a lot at Black Belt. And then like Kate and Kate, I'll have talks with Kate too. And Kate's really good. Kate's the same way. Kate being one of my best friends. After the Pan Ams lost to Mateos, me and him were f- furious. I was super mad because I was like, dude, that sucks. Like, that was my – that was it. Like, I felt like I was going to win today. And then Cade, Cade was just like, ah, well, unfortunately, I think we know what Audrey's going to say. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> He's going to say that it's going to happen again probably. <laughs> like, it's going to happen. The match we were upset the most about, though, was Jake versus Ronaldo, 2018 Nogi Worlds. Craziest day. Craziest match ever. Definitely my favorite match I've you ever know, had. And I've told him that. I've told him that. You know, some people We understood that. <laughs> we understood everything Cade just said. I think we're about to lose Cade again. You yeah. know what's funny is, uh, you know what's funny, Cade, is uh, you just spoke through a microwave. So you want to repeat what you just said? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. The match we were the most upset about was uh, Jake versus Ronaldo, 2018, Nogi Worlds. I hear some talk in the street, some people saying this is the greatest match of all time. <laughs> if if uh you know if Ronaldo didn't put the performance on that he did, I don't think it would be considered the greatest match of all time. But Ronaldo just really came out there and it worked. Yeah, Ronaldo was great that day. Well, Danny, no, 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 but dude, that match was crazy. Yeah, that that was like one of the most back and forth matches I've ever seen. Dude, we're like a. We're like high school football players reliving our, our glory days. <laughs> that's why I'm trying to. That's why I'm trying to get Danny to. That was two years. That was three years ago. <laughs> doesn't matter for doesn't the rankings matter. now. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> so Jake asked about like super fights and uh, like goals to compete for fight to win stuff like that. Do you are you like the type of person that like writes down like your long term goals, like what you want to achieve in jujitsu overall? Uh, writes them down. Yeah, do you like do you have like goals that you've written down like throughout your career? Like I want to win black belt worlds, I want to do ADCC like stuff like that. I mean, when I was a blue belt, I wrote I wrote down my goals and then I mean they're all the same. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like at everyone's top is everyone wants to win worlds. Win worlds and that's, you know, that's what a lot of people compete for and that's what everyone really wants. Worlds, Pan Ams, you know the, the major tournaments. I, I I not so much ADCC. I don't care necessarily as much about ADCC just because we're not nogi guys really. But uh, but yeah, I just dude, worlds is worlds is the spot, and uh, that's that's like the biggest goal. And I don't think I don't think it's changed since I was a 16 year old juvenile competitor. You know what I mean? And I don't think it's really changed for, for Jake either or for anyone else who's a high-level competitor. Everyone wants to win Worlds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's definitely a huge thing. You're right. And I think, I mean, we're, we're going to get back into Nogi eventually, probably. I mean, given people at the Academy want to have a Nogi program back and everything, like it, it heavily hinges on our ability to even teach Nogi. So it's our, my ability to teach Nogi. So it's like, I want to compete Nogi. I love Nogi. Like... 
I do, but I just don't train it. So I'm not going to sign up for tournaments that I don't train for. That's just ridiculous. I think that you probably feel the same way because Kate Kate's in very well Nogi as well. Kate and I have both done well at Nogi Worlds, and we've both done well in Nogi Super Fights. And like, we, I mean, I have still to this day, I believe I have more accolades or higher accolades, I guess I would say, in Nogi than I do in the Gi, which is hilarious to me. But because uh, I've been competing only Gi since like 2019. <laughs> the American Nationals win was pretty big. It was a big win. That one was big. I think I finally tipped the scales in my favor for being a gi guy. Gi. But <laughs> other than that, I was a no gi. I was a filthy no gi competitor for a while. Oh yeah, Jake, you won American Nationals this year. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, we. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing I did, bud. Yeah, that was that was all right. Yeah, that was all right. Kate doesn't want to admit that I was pretty cool. Dude, the best match of that day probably was uh, Joao Gabriel versus. Jake Watson. <laughs> oh my god. You know what's funny? I totally messaged Cade before the match. I was like, dude, I'm about to fight. I'm about to fight Juan Gabriel. And he was like, he was like, okay, you go with Jake Boy. Like we always text each other it like we we phonetically put out like the Portuguese accent. He's like, come on, bro, you got this. And then I got I got smashed. But it was fun. It was a fun match. It was really hard, but it was a fun match. Yeah, no, that was a good tournament for you, dude. That was a really good one. Be out here representing America. You know how it is. Um, Danny, do you have another question, my friend? Yeah. Do you have any goals like off the mat, like maybe opening an academy or um, oh, I don't know, anything like that? Yeah. yeah you want to open a gym? I wanna, yeah, I want to open a gym. Like that's my main goal. I mean, for outside of competing, that's my main goal. That's what I want to do. I want to have a gym. I want to have a uh, a program. And honestly. I don't, I don't know how to do this necessarily, but I want a program where I take like kids who can't afford it or kids from not necessarily the ghetto, but kind of the ghetto, you know, whatever, and take them in and have, you know, have them train there and that be like their thing to do their extracurricular. Cause I know like, I know a lot of places have uh, kids clubs and stuff like that, that are you know, I know in uh, big cities, there's, like, rec centers for kids like that. Yeah, like a YMCA or something like that. Yeah, 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 something like that. But if I could, you know, if I could have a gym like that where I'm teaching these kids something that I, as a kid, like, dude, that's, like, completely changed my life and completely changed all my goals. And, you know, what if you asked me what I wanted to do when I was 10 years old, I'd be like, oh, I want to, you know, something stupid. Yeah, I want, I, I want to be a cop, or I want to, I want to be a doctor. I want this just in. Doctor. He thinks cops are stupid. No, 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 no. not like that. You, you know what I mean. We have a lot like, of friends with yeah, yeah. This is a joke. So, something that I don't really want to do. Like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be, you know, just the stupid yeah. generic kid response. But something like this dramatically to change what I want to do in life. Like, dude, I want to open up a gym. Like, if you would have told me at 10 years old, hey, would you're... 19 you're gonna to want to open up a gym i'd be like okay you know i don't even lift weights you know that's that would be my response you know like i wouldn't even know i wouldn't comprehend like what what that like it, dude it's just crazy it's crazy what this sport is mm-hmm. how uh and i don't know how much of a, a cult following it has yeah like like you said it's crazy what it does to people like it takes yeah. people who really don't know what they want out of life and it like gives them all these like very clear goals and like a clear direction 
Yeah, mm-hmm. like Danny, what, how old were you when you started training? Uh, a lot older than you guys. I was 21 when I started training. I'm 31 now. Yeah. See? Yeah. Like what? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it completely changed everything I thought about, like what I wanted for my life. Mm-hmm. And then we got we got people at the gym who are. I'm sure you have people at the gym too who are old. Like. Yeah. Okay. Older. <laughs> Well, we have oh, wow. Brian McCaffrey, but shout out to Brian McCaffrey, our 63-year-old, recently promoted to blue belt. Oh, yeah, yeah. shout out to Brian. Cancer twice, and, and like, man, the guy, the guy's a nutcase, and he trains all, he trains twice a day, and we're like, dude, what the heck? This guy's we have a 65-year-old, too. Yeah, nuts, right? Like, these <laughs> yeah. people are 63 years old, they're doing jiu-jitsu. Like, and they're showing up, like, every day. Yeah, we're not allowed to not show up. We're not allowed to feel bad some days. Like, we we show up because freaking Brian McCaffrey is going to talk about the sea chickens on the mat, and we're going to have to listen to it. You know what I mean? I want to listen to them damn sea chickens. He hates the Seahawks, so he calls them sea chickens. But, um, yeah, well, okay, here's the thing, dude, is, like, the more you uh envelope yourself in the community, right? Because we're, we're growing, and that's, like, one of our goals is to help people in the community and to help people realize their goals, right? So, I mean, you're, you're surrounded by people who have – kind of a benchmark blueprint for you to even build that sort of amazing philanthropic thing off of, right? Like Dream Art, Lloyd Irvin, all these different programs have opened up that have been great for societies and for communities and like being able to build kids up to have a future, right? Like look at Dream Art. You cannot train unless you learn English. Like that's so amazing because it's it yeah. it's like it's it's not forcing a kid to learn English. Like some freaking crazy vegan liberal left lady might be like, hey, you're forcing the kid to learn English. That's a joke. It's a political joke. I'm trying to appeal to a different audience. Um, <laughs> but uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not going to get crazy political on my freaking open guard. We're bashing uh, cops this episode. We're bashing man, we're, cops. We're going crazy. What? Are we conservative or liberal? You'll never know. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, what I was saying was, it's very, I think it's amazing to teach kids intrinsic important values and using jujitsu as like the f- clear focus of it, but you're learning important life skills. Like I wasn't really raised. I said, I've said this joke, uh, not joke. This is a story on the show before that. Like I've been pretty much raised in the gym. Like I, I don't have any of the values of my family. I don't have any of the values of my friends from high school. I was raised on the mat. And I was raised like that's why I came to faith in Jesus. That's like, man, everything came out of as a result of jujitsu and my mom. So it's like I, I don't I, I don't have like a very uh, relatable story to a lot of people because I'm not raised in any other way other than like what I've learned in jujitsu. That's why Kate like Kate and I grew up together, essentially. You know, now he's like my height and close to my weight and I want to fight him every day. But <laughs> back when I first met him, he was shorter and he was friendlier and he had a nice sort of heart. He's a cool kid. Now I want to punch him in the mouth. <laughs> I feel like that's so interesting what you said, though, too, because I, I do realize that like with the younger people on the mat, they're like constantly surrounded by adults, basically. And so that's really shaping them as people. So. I, I almost feel like, especially I've gotten older, like when I first started, maybe I didn't think about this as much, but we kind of have to like set at least a reasonably good example because like these kids are like looking up to, mm-hmm. you know, the older people on the mat, even if you're not uh, an upper belt, like just as an older adult, these kids are surrounded by you. So if you're acting like a jackass, oh, man. you're setting a terrible example. Trust me, Kate and I were, Kate and I were around MMA fighters in power MMA. Yeah. Yeah. And like exactly. Kate and I have seen That's stuff like different. when we were kids, we weren't like, we've seen and heard stuff that like, I don't think we were supposed to see and hear until we were a little older, Definitely but we're around not. MMA fighters. <laughs> we're talking about like 
a bunch of obscene things. I'm not going to get into details. And, yeah. well, I don't know about strippers. <laughs> hey, hey, that's, that's the thing, though. Different people take, you know, the same thing differently. Like, mm. Jake took it one way. Now Jake is, you know, super, super goody-goody and, you know, does only right. <laughs> and, then, and then you got me. The and I'm wrong. Yeah, Jake's I'm wrong. <laughs> the, and the I'm a hug. I, I got no feelings, bro. <laughs> my mom didn't hug me enough you know what i mean <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> no, no but like yeah it's weird getting being, being raised on the mat is a weird thing because yeah you got all these like i know that i started training mornings and nights when i was i was 15 so every day when i was 15 years old I, all i was around was dudes in their 20s 30s 40s and they're on their you know they're not working they're on their free time they're talking crazy you know they're acting crazy so i thought that was normal you know what i mean i thought oh okay this is how society works this is how this is how people talk normally but that was just them you know goofing around and eventually i learned that but i thought that i was like okay this is how life works you know just like this you talk you talk and you say crazy things and you are crazy and life works like that but it's weird being raised on the mat just because like you know you're dude i was 15 years old surrounded by 30 40 year old men and same thing with jake i mean jake was a little older because he graduated high school and started training but but it's weird being being raised on the mat around all these yeah, all seeing everyone at like their their most raw, like like you said, they're yeah. off work. They don't care <laughs> anymore. Yeah. They're not trying to like put up the front. They're just being themselves. That's hilarious. Well, some of them would like say things to us, trying to teach us because they didn't have the people <laughs> yeah. skills to know that a fifteen oh, year old shouldn't be hearing about sex and hookers. Like it's like, <laughs> hey brother, yeah. Like I don't know if you should be telling that young man about these things young men should know about. Like that's just a thought. And I'm I'm and I'm clear, seventeen at the time. So to be clear, you guys aren't training with these like MMA fighters anymore. This was back when the gym was with Power MMA, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. train. <laughs> but like we love them. I'm not, no, I'm not yeah, yeah, bashing yeah. them or saying they're awful people. I'm just I saying just like, mean, hey, like it's not the environment you're currently Oh no, no, no. Know? Well, I mean we're also older. Like if somebody says some crazy stuff to us now, we know what crazy is. So we won't <laughs> listen to it. You know what I mean? Like, or we like it a lot, and we or we, we think, it's, we think it's hilarious <laughs> because it's like, no, that this is crazy. Like, we we get it. There's been some times where people at tournaments or people like, like uh, I remember Kenny Kenny Jewel. Kenny Jewel is a photographer. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Of Grapple, for Grapple TV. Kenny Jewel, uh, one one time at a tournament, he had like some positive interaction with Kate and a negative one with me, and then he has not let that go. For like three years, I think. So every time he sees Kate, he's like, hey, hey, you see that guy? <laughs> he points at me. And it wasn't a real negative interaction. It was like one of those weird ones where it was just awkward. And he just took it and was like, I'm going to make fun of this guy every time I see him. He makes fun of me every time he sees me. And he goes to Kate. He's like, hey, yo, what's up, brother? What's up, Kate? <laughs> and they don't like, be like, hey, see that guy? Like, they'll talk to that guy. <laughs> and it's me. It's like, you know, everybody thinks I'm Kate's older brother. Hey, is, uh, okay, I don't know this for sure, but. Does Kenny always have those jelly beans on him? I think he does always have those jelly beans on him. Is this just so at he, Worlds, or is it every He's tournament? the guy with the jelly beans. Yeah, Kenny Jewel is the guy with the big the big jar of jelly beans. I thought I it was just did... at the big tournaments. 
Ah, you know, he was at the Orange County Open. He was at the Orange County Open with the big jar of jelly beans. So I think he might. I mean, I took a picture with the jelly beans. So Yeah, what's the deal with those jelly beans, bro? Those uh, they beans? pushed me over the edge, dude. Remember the match I had with Ronaldo at Orange County Open? Oh, yeah. That was right after the jelly bean photo. That was right after the jelly bean photo. It's not a coincidence, dude. I'm telling you. It's cr- that's another crazy match that no one will ever see except for only Cade remembers that match. And me. Oh, yeah, Jake, you were there. Cade and Danny Jake, uh, whoever saw that match. Hey, do you remember when Jake was pretending to be a surfboard after that match? <laughs> no, that was actually the first, that was the first match. I wasn't pretending to be a surfboard. I actually was a surfboard. <laughs> the first match. Uh, the second oh, yeah, match. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, the weight class, right? Raging ball of fire. That was what I was oh, yeah. in the, the, the open yeah. division. Now, the, that was that was the most mad I've ever been in a tournament was when Ronaldo stood on me. I literally I lost my mouthpiece that day because I threw it. I've never thrown a mouthpiece in frustration. I literally threw it in the trash because I was so angry. I was like, God, and I just, I, dude, like, I didn't want to talk. It was justified. I talked to Dom Bell after that match, and he was like, Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't understand why he did that. I'm like, Yeah, guys, apologize. Guys, a joke. Yeah, that was really weird. That was a. Uh... It was very odd. It was very odd. I didn't know. I don't think I deserved you mean, it. Like, yeah, because you, you can do a lot of things to like disrespect your opponent, but that one was really creative. <laughs> he got creative with his disrespect. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Shouts out, shouts out to Ronaldo for getting creative with it. Like, <laughs> definitely want to have Ronaldo on the show one day. We'll see. We'll see. Dude, hopefully. I would, I've I been trying to be that guy's friend for years. I know. It'll work. It'll work eventually. I will be on him today. Ladies and gentlemen of the Open Guard cast who are listening to this right now, just know that this is an Open Guard cast guarantee. Jake Watson will be friends with Ronaldo Jr. one day. I'm going to message him today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as of today, I'm no longer friends with Cade Rowe. <laughs> <laughs> well, Danny, do you have any uh, more questions for our uh, young guest here? No, that was pretty much it. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Cade, listen, brother, I got the uh, I got the thumbnail made. It is uh, it is your your snarling face and your uh, unkept hair. Episode sixty nine of the Open Guard. Cast. <laughs> funny enough, yeah, I like it. Funny enough, Don't we were gonna it. uh, we were gonna. Jump. I was like, Cade, we gotta be on. We gotta get you on episode sixty nine. He's like, all right, cool. We're just gonna talk about sex the whole time. I'm like, oh <laughs> no. <laughs> Like that is not He's gonna like, happen. Then why does the episode number matter? <laughs> yeah, because it'd be funny. Like, Cade, Cade won, I, I was like, I want to get you in the open guard cast, Cade. I was like, and by that time it was like episode fifty, and we usually crank out episodes. We're doing a good job. So I was like, all right, well, let's get you on episode sixty-nine. That way, that gives Cade a lot of time to you know do to get his confidence up, go through a series of trials and tribulations that are going to lead him to be a stronger person, to get ready for the episode, everything Practice like that. Mirror, Practicing in the mirror. My <laughs> name hey, is Cade hey, Roke. Do you guys have a, do you guys have a guest for episode 100? Oh, uh, we're going to get John Anacon. It's, a loose plan. It's a we loose haven't gotten plan. in contact with him yet. <laughs> well, okay. I, I made an Instagram comment. I said, hey, John Anik, can we get you on episode 100 of the Open Guardcast? And he liked it. So that's a liked comment from John Anik. I'm yeah. going to so follow basically up. Like, like, Mr. Anik, I want on episode 100. So we're basically, we're friends. We're almost best friends. <laughs> True. Listen, if no, we don't have a guest for episode 100. Oh, oh, so I'm your backup plan. I, I want to get Andre on. John Anik, bud? Yeah. Ooh, yo, have Andre on. That would actually be fire. That would be a fire. Episode. Just thought about it. I've talked to Andre about it. 
Yo, you know what? I want to be on episode 101. Okay. <laughs> right after Andre. <laughs> so Just to talk about the stuff that Andre talks about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be. I want to be the follow-up episode to episode 100. We're actually getting Zoe on episode 101. That was a lame joke. I don't know who that is. <laughs> it's a that Zoe 101. You never yeah, seen Zoe 101, Danny? No, he's 30. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know if I've heard of it. It's a classic. What are you talking about? You never heard of it. Zoe 101, what is it? Is it a it's dude Jamie TV Lynn show? Spears? Are you kidding me? Jamie Lynn oh, Spears. Oh no, no, no. I do know what it is. It was on uh was it on Nickelodeon? Yeah. Yeah, it was on okay. Nickelodeon. Alright, good, 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 good. We're gonna have a welcome back to seeing how old Danny is. <laughs> oh my god, she <laughs> so looks exactly we like asked Danny. Spears. Yeah, no, she did. She well, back then she did. I don't know how she looks like now. Uh, oh, they're, yeah. they're sisters. Zoe, hashtag today. free Britney. Yo, 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 yo! She got pregnant by uh by the executive producer producer of that show when she was like sixteen. Ooh. Really? Wow. Yeah, you she looks very heard, different today. You guys never heard about that Dan Schneider thing? I think his name's Dan Schneider. It wasn't oh. Dan Schneider. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm I'm pretty sure it was him. Ew. Like that guy. I, <laughs> gross. I think he got like canceled in the whole cancel. He got portion. cancer. Oh, okay. Canceled. canceled. Yeah. Cancer. I think it's pretty much can- the same thing. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's gone. But no, he was. He seriously. I'm pretty sure he like got caught up in a whole bunch of scandals with a whole bunch of underage kids, and oh, I could man. be wrong. It could be. It could be the wrong person, but I think it was him. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Well. Hopefully not. I don't want to Google that. That's uh, scary. That is uh, not. Check it out. Just Google it. Uh, come on, Jake. Don't just, be just a fact yeah. check. Yeah. Just a come fact on, Jake. check. What's wrong with Jake, you? Jake, put, put your Bible down for like ten seconds. And just put Google. my Bible down for ten seconds. Heretic. Google some crazy stuff, Jake. Come on. You need some. You need some culture. Come on, Jake. Life. You can do it. <laughs> you sound like you sound like a weirdo. All right, listen, Danny. Uh, you, since you have no more questions for for this young guest of ours. I'm going to go ahead and uh, do the Electrum performance ad. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get thick, mean, lean, and swole, then you will use Open Guard Cast 25 for 25% off. And uh, Alex Turner is uh, – what the hell? Hey, I don't want to see your socks. Um, Alex Turner and Alex Bryce are going to lead you to the promised land, uh, and that promised land includes a lot of squats and deadlifts. So make sure you guys uh, use our discount code and go to Electrum Performance uh, on Instagram and their website to get personalized programs if you're a jiu-jitsu athlete or if you're just a guy who eats way too much licorice and potato chips and you're like, gosh, I need a change. They can help you. Uh, Cade, you can follow Cade. I'm not going to let him do this. I'm going to do it for him. You can follow Cade on Instagram because he's going to start using Instagram more. At CRBJJ. Kate is like, ooh, like media. Shut up. I'm All not right? going to accept you if you request my follow on Instagram. He doesn't even know how to make it a private account, guys. It's okay. It's um, private right now. Swear. Oh, my swear. goodness. Well, if you guys want to follow Cade, you can look on the, I guess, Flow Grappling. If you make a subscription to Flow Grappling, you can follow Cade on his uh, incredibly elusive and, and, and uh, secretive journey towards becoming uh underground famous in jiu-jitsu but if you want to follow his instagram and you want to follow that you can go to yeah yeah 
I thought he left on purpose. Um, <laughs> Wait, I'm at CRBJJ. We thought you left on purpose because you kind of gave us a look and then your connection cut out. So we thought you left on purpose because I was promoting your Instagram. At CRBJJ oh. <laughs> on Instagram. All lowercase, no spaces. Um, and you can uh, follow us at Open Guardcast. Listen to us on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube. This episode will be uploaded. And uh, guys... Continue to support us. Leave us reviews. We really love it. We're excited for 2021. Uh, we also want to thank Electric, or sorry, um, Marshall Andre Academy, Matakaba BJJ, Chill Fit Cryo, High Tier Photography, Break New Ground. And Danny, is there anybody else I'm leaving out that we should thank? Anybody at all? Um, no, I think that's it. Yo, shout out to High Tier Photography. Best photographer in uh, in Arizona for sure. Heck yeah. Ryan, Ryan Laurent. We love that dude, guy. That dude's calisthenics is crazy, dude. That guy's yeah, thick. Yeah, yeah. Check out his Instagram. Yeah, he's, he's the short, thick man. as hell. Yeah. He's yeah. the short, thick man. Yeah. For yeah. sure. You should try rolling with him. It's super fun. Oh, have you rolled with him? Oh, yeah. I used to train with him all the time. Yeah, he's a black belt, too. Nice. He's a beast. Yeah. Very cool. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That is, uh, that is the episode. Danny, if you uh, have nothing uh, going on right now in this immediate next five seconds, and take us out of here. All right, well, Cade just left, but he's back. Episode 69, Cade Roke, and we'll see you guys soon. Peace.